All right, hello everyone. My name is Mark Hummel. Welcome to Mark Hummel's Harmonica Party. And I'm sitting here with a fellow that I've known for quite some time. We first met in Boise, Idaho back in, was it 93? Yeah. Yeah, when, when uh, his band Fat John and the Three Slims uh, opened the show for uh, us when we were coming through one time at the Good Blues Memory. Bar. Yeah, well. Wow. You know how I remember all this stuff is who was in the band at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I can never forget who was in that band. <laughs> uh, that's cool, Because it's got a great story that goes with it. But anyway, um, uh, John Nemeth has been a, a very acclaimed both vocalist and harmonica man uh, over the last, man, 20 years. When did you start recording? I think the first thing I put out was in 1997. Okay, so yeah. over 20, 28 years. It was a live like record. Right. Yeah, we did a live straight to uh, straight to ADAT. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And a uh, great engineer in town did it. And uh, and we did one, just one gig, recorded one gig at the Blues Bouquet. Right. Yeah. And uh, put that out. And, man, putting that one thing out just branched out into, like, us going other places and right. gigs other places and doing yeah that's exciting mm -hmm. so the first thing I just want to kind of go over with you is just uh, your your roots because right now we're in Yellow Pine Idaho at the Yellow Pine Harmonica Festival and both John Nemeth and uh, Jason Ricci are on this festival with us and I I picked them partially because uh, they were both both had Idaho roots especially you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it would be a perfect combination for this festival. And it's turned out to be spectacular so far. And I'm it's sure a great idea, gonna Mark. Be, yeah, I'm sure tonight's going to be awesome. So um, you grew up here. You Were you born in Idaho? Born yeah. in Boise? Born in Boise. Yeah. And uh, I know you're, you're, your dad's from uh, Romania, is that right? Hungary. Hungary. Yeah. And where's your mom from? My mom is from Idaho. Okay. Yeah, sure. her family came out and, uh, oh man, they came out Idaho in the very beginning when people were coming out here on the uh, Oregon Trail. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she has roots, original pioneers. Roots yeah. way back. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. They've been around these parts for a long time. And so were they farmers? Was that the deal? Uh, so, no, most of them weren't farmers. Uh, they were, uh, they worked on the railroad. Uh-huh. Um, or they were in the saddle industry and wow. they made saddles. There's even a saddle in the Smithsonian, uh, that, uh, that a great, great grandfather made. Wow. And, uh, well, great, 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 great grandfather made. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, I think they moved out here to service like, uh, miners and people that were coming <laughs> out. And then after a while, some of them became miners. My grandfather, he was a miner. And then, uh, and then he became, he started working on the railroad and became an engineer, drove wow. a train. Wow. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's moving up, man. If you get a job driving yeah. a train Hell out yeah. these parts. Yeah, train was a great job yeah. back then. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, how did your parents meet? Because that's quite a combination. Yeah, the Cabrini. Idaho, Idaho to Hungary. Yeah, the Cabrini Catholic Singles Club. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's, is that that little church on the hill off the freeway? I don't know, man. <laughs> I I, don't, I think it was at the cathedral downtown. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the big one with no windows on it. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, they hit it off, and uh, and uh, he got down to Idaho or to Boise. He got to he got to Idaho. He was just he he, got, he came over as an immigrant, and they put him on a on a boxcar train and sent him out to Idaho. Really, to work as a lead miner. How old was he? Twenties. Mm, really, twenty eight or something like that. Yeah. Was it after World War Two or yeah before? after World okay, War Two? After II. World War Two. Yeah, after okay. that communist revolution. Right. Okay. And That's he, I was wondering about yeah. that. Yeah. But man, yeah, yeah. So. 
So he he didn't pick Idaho. The government picked Idaho for him. (laughs) (laughs) Worked out great because he was really far away from the commies, and that's right. That was the goal. His main goal. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. I can understand that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he was a lead miner at first. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then and then then what happened? Well, then he uh, he got he got wind that he could uh, he get a degree. Uh, like Eisenhower was offering, uh, if you had, you know, tradesman uh, uh, papers or a degree from another country, mm-hmm. if you could work in concrete. Wow. And he knew concrete. And so uh, so he got, uh, anyway, he was an engineer, trained uh-huh. to be an engineer in, uh, in Hungary. And so he just had to go to the university. He took the test for the graduate test, and he passed the test. And wow. he walked out, and they gave him a degree. And, Incredible. And boom, right into a job. So yeah. he's a lucky guy, man. Yeah. Now, do you have siblings? Mm-hmm. A brother and a sister. Brother and a sister. Okay. Yeah. Are you the oldest? Or? No, I'm the baby. You're I'm the baby. The, okay. Yeah. Right. No, I'm the accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Accidental success. That happened to my wife, too. So, yeah. yeah. So you've been singing, you said, since you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I love to... Uh, my father hated rock and roll, and I knew it. Mm-hmm. And so I'd make fun of the music that he liked. Uh-huh. And so, like, you know, he, he has a huge opera buff and, yeah. and Hungarian uh, uh, folk music. Right, uh, right. And... Uh, and so, but man, that opera stuff, you know, I mean, I would just make fun of the opera stuff, like Bugs Bunny, you right, know, right. Yeah, yeah, that was great, man, and, and it pissed him off, he gets so mad, he gets so mad, yeah, so. And now you can sing it. And now I can sing it, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could sing in other languages, yeah. That's the tricky thing about that opera, you know, is you got to. You got to be able to sing in Italian and Spanish right, and right. whatever sure languages yeah. they got in opera. Yeah. I don't know. I never knew what language they were they were right. singing. I think in it's, a lot of times I think it's Italian. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful language. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful language. So, um, so you started singing as a kid, and then how did you pick up the harmonica? So there's a picture of me with a harmonica, and I remember this harmonica. I was like five years old, uh-huh. and I had a harmonica, and I look really upset. Huh. And uh, and uh, I look like I got the blues, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, and that harmonica disappeared. I think my dad took it. <laughs> I think my dad didn't like what Says, I was playing. Don't you yeah. dare. Yeah. <laughs> so then I didn't pick the harmonica up again. Till I was probably 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's really when I wanted to learn to play it. And I mean, I didn't even happen into harmonica because it was the, my first choice instrument. I didn't even want to play an instrument at the time. I just wanted to sing. Right. And the, we were doing these long gigs at these honky tonks. Right. Where I was just singing. And the guitar player said, hey, man, I know you can play some piano, man. Why don't you go buy a piano and figure out how to play piano on these gigs, you know? Right. And I'm like, okay. So I went to the store to price this. And they didn't have price tags on anything at the music store. Right. I said, okay, this sounds good. I want this, you know, okay. And the guy's like, we need an amp. Okay, cool. And, oh, we need a stand. Oh, you need a chair. So it became just more and more expensive as it went on. Yeah, after like yeah. 3500 bucks, man. I'm like, but you know what? There's a harmonica right there in that. And $4. I, I love Little Walter. I right. love Junior Wells. Right. You know, man, it'd be cool to play like those guys. Yeah. And so... So you're already hip to those guys. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 lo- I love Little Walter's... Greatest Hits album. I bought, I bought a cassette tape at the right. local record store. And I listened to that before I played harmonica. I was like, man, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I loved Mellow Down Easy, man. Right. That was my, that was, that was the first, that was the first tune, two of the first songs I learned on harmonica. Wow. It was Snatch It Back and Hold It. Yeah. And, uh, and Mellow Down Easy. Here was the problem. Is that I only had a C harmonica. Right, so you're playing them all on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, that's what I did too. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 so, and so you're like, well, snatch it back home is B minor. I can get pretty close to that, but man, there's that fifth that's really out, man. You know? <laughs> and uh, 
and then Mellow Down Easy was like, well, I mean, I can't make it sound like a major kind of harp, you know, so I'm having to play A minor over this tune on a C harmonica. But I show up to the gigs. I figure out parts wow. for them. And I go to the gig with the one harp. I know what you were doing. You were playing in fourth position. That's fourth position? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so um, so I, I just took it down to the gig and I started playing. Just like, wow. just took it to the gig and just, That's man, crazy. let's go. Yeah. And, the, and I remember the guitar players like, Where's the piano? <laughs> <laughs> I like piano. Why'd you leave that? <laughs> I thought you were getting the piano. And I started playing it and the audience dug it. Yeah. So man, the, there's something just uh, beautiful about a harmonica. You know, it's a it's such a beautiful instrument and it sounds like it's like happiness. You just play a chord right. and happiness just comes right out of the thing. And this was like this was a depressed logging town yeah i mean man this uh was the place i was playing that night man you know the mill had shut down what town was it's it? horseshoe bend oh okay i've heard of that and these yeah. guys were like man you know this wasn't a, it wasn't you know it wasn't a happy times here right people drinking their pain so they away. kind of related to it and man that harmonica kicked on man they really yeah. dug it and wow. the harmonica and so the guitar player guy was like Hey man, I like what you're playing, but you know, in some of those notes, they ain't right, you know. And and and, 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 and you're making those songs That's minor. Not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, just it's like it's like magic happened. All of a sudden, there's a talent show, and there's the these kids get this guy to uh, he's a substitute teacher. They get this substitute teacher to play harmonica. Mm-hmm. On the talent show, I'm like, man, that's cool. This guy can actually play the thing. Mm -hmm. And so I hit the dude up, and I said, you know, and show me some stuff on the harmonica, because I don't know where I I don't know what they're doing, man. But I right. can't get it out of this thing. Right. And so then he he told me about the different harps and the different keys and and um, and some basic knowledge on playing some blues harmonica bending and things like yeah, that. yeah. but i mean that that didn't really catch i i yeah. just couldn't that was like huh. magic trick you yeah. know? Like, what are you <laughs> talking about man bending oh yeah how are you supposed to do this and uh and then the guitar player said well you know if you're you know it's those times when you really play the harmonica too hard and you're getting a different note out of it just do that <laughs> and so I sat down at the piano and I just gave that harp everything I could give it. Right. Until it started changing pitch. So I was getting that, uh, that B flat, you know, yeah. and getting down to that A. Yeah. And I figured it out. Wow. Yeah. Now you told me with your vocals you kind of did that too. Yeah. I with always, the piano. Yeah. yeah. I, wa I always wanted vocal yeah. lessons, but my mom yeah. forced me to take piano. Right. And I hated it. Yeah. And, and I don't like the piano, really. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I would sit down and, and just, you know, run the scales. Right. You know? And, um, cause I started singing these gigs in these smoky clubs and my voice was getting like really in bad shape. And so. And was I'm, it just from singing wrong? Uh, no monitors. Yeah. You know, super loud room. Right. Um, you know, the honky tonks with no stage set up on the right. floor in the corner of the room, right. you know. And of course, it's a kid band. The band's just bashing their brains. Loud as hell, yeah. 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 And um, so I quickly figured out that, well, I'm going to have to get this thing like in shape. And so, yeah, I started running those scales. And basically, Scales didn't teach me how to sing. They do, just running the scales taught me how to preserve preserve your the voice, voice you right. Know? right? Warm yourself up before you yeah. get in there. Yeah. Now, do you warm up normally? I do. You do? Okay. Yeah. How much do you? How much do you do? Uh, Twenty minutes. It depends on how shitty my voice is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I warm it up till it's ready. Well, that's good. That's yeah. great. That's a great discipline. Yeah, yeah, I used to do that, and mm -hmm. then I got real lazy. Once I got on the road, you know, it was like, you know, I got lazier and lazier. Well, you got a band that could probably allow you to be lazy. You know, when you got a yeah. band that's got your dynamics, right. you know, and, right. and, and uh, you'll, you'll work, you won't, it won't be that much work when you got your right. band and you're doing right. your thing. 
Yeah. I've noticed the other thing is picking songs in the lower registers in the beginning mm -hmm. seems to make a big difference. Dude, I always used to do that. When I had to do those long gigs. Yeah. 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 Because I, by doing that, mm -hmm. you're kind of like, you're resting it until you get mm -hmm. warmed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's money. That's a good way to do it. But yeah, I mean, three-hour gigs, man. A three-hour gig's yeah. a long gig when you're doing three one-hour sets. Oh, yeah, and you're playing, you yeah. know, blues, you know, like really hitting it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to really, it's one of those things where you really have to know how to, you have to be singing somewhat properly to be able to pull that off. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I learned quickly without a monitor. Yeah. That it's Yeah, that's deep. amazing. I, re I remember you didn't use monitors. Okay. Yeah. And it was wow. weird when I first started. Then I, yeah. then I started using monitors, and then I started getting lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, because yeah. you could, you could, you can make shit really happen with your amplification that mm -hmm. you could. I mean, think about the harmonica without amplification. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. The thing's a goner. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't. You basically are in. Uh, D. Ford Bailey mode or, yeah, or, or Jazz Gillum mode. Oh, just yeah. cut and slicing yeah, and yeah. dicing here. It's got to be all high-end stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. to make it even work. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. I love that stuff. So uh, so basically, I, re I met you in 93, and then I think I got a hold of you, and I can't remember, it was through Jimmy Molyneux or somebody mm. hooked us up when Molyneux was playing with me, mm -hmm. and you hooked me up with some gigs in Boise. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't even remember where it was, but there were mm -hmm. a couple little clubs you got me some gigs. Yeah, there's a bunch of little clubs around And then there. next time I saw you was in Seattle, and you sat in, and your voice had just gone through the stratosphere. Oh, time. yeah. And I was like, wow, this guy really got it together, man. And yeah, I started touring. Right. When I started touring, that meant I wasn't in that trap of my Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right. Thursday, Friday, Saturday gigs. Mm-hmm. You know, same old smoky clubs and stuff. Right. Start touring around, and so then there's more time off. Right. So I had time off. I could start writing some music. Right. And uh, resting my voice and. Right. That's when. Yeah, I was just overworked. Yeah. Man, that's well, that'll, that'll do it, man. Yeah. Now, when you were in, when you were doing those the nights, the like the four or five nights in a row. In Boise, were you doing all kinds of different styles? No, I was playing traditional blues. It was all traditional yeah, blues. Okay, man. but I know at one point you said you were doing like, like uh, Nat King Cole kind of stuff. Yeah. So when was that? So when when nine eleven happened, like that changed, like local club scenes all around the country. Right. People weren't going to bars. Right. They were. Everyone was made to feel really sad about what happened. Right. And don't celebrate, don't have a good time. Right. You know, mourn this right. situation, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, instead of getting 250, 300 people out on a Monday night, there's 50 people. Right. And so, and since there's, so then you've got those same 50 people that come to see you every night. Then right. you realize you have... 50 people that will see you almost every night of the week in one yeah. town. Yeah. And so, you know, they want to hear some different music. Right. Because all of a sudden you start losing some of them. Oh, okay, so I'll try something different. Right. And I always wanted to give this a shot. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I heard a Nat King Cole Trio album and it blew my mind. Same way, same thing the way Little Walter blew my right. mind. It's like, this is just magical. I mean, there's something about this music and I'd sing along with it and it's like man this is just I like singing along with Nat King Cole mm -hmm. and then um I was running a jazz jam hmm. um because uh, the Sunday night band um got fired and they were looking for somebody else so they asked me to do a jazz jam the hmm. club asked me to do a jazz jam right did you song. have any idea what to do yeah I mean I knew about jazz and uh, and I love singing it. Right. And uh, I always love singing jazz. I've been singing jazz as long as I've been singing blues. Right. And when you say jazz, are you talking like like Tony Bennett, Sinatra, Nat Cole? What exactly are you talking uh, about? Johnny Hartman. Oh, okay. And All Chet right. Baker. So you're talking serious jazz stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, right. the, yeah, the real right. cats. I mean, I right. loved all the crooners, yeah. man. Yeah. But that Nat King Cole to me was... 
this super heavy cat yeah. that made it to the top. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Louis Armstrong. And they didn't even know he sang at first. Yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't know that, man. Yeah, wow. they thought he was just a piano player. And he was an awesome piano player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so this band we worked, they worked up all the parts to these Nat King Cole trio tunes because man, they had parts. Right, these guys parted this music oh, yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, three guys making yeah. this music. Right, and so we started doing that, and boom, that was as big a success as the blue stuff I was wow. doing in town. So what a trip! So my Wednesday Thursday gigs became jazz gigs. So then I did blues Monday Tuesday, and then jazz Wednesday Thursday. And then I usually go out of town on the weekends. Right. Go over to Portland, Seattle, and mm -hmm. Salt Lake City. So you were definitely touring at that point. Yeah. Yeah, Spokane, getting out to mm -hmm. places and playing ski resorts and whatnot. Right. That's Sun good. Valley stuff. Yeah, like that. I loved it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with the jazz thing, did Gene Harris ever come down and play? No, no. He, he had a regular gig. He, by that time, he was already, actually, uh, by that time, he was already playing everywhere, like Philip Morris yeah. rediscovered okay. He was doing him. big stuff, yeah. But he used to play at a hotel. That's what I heard. He yeah, we used to go kid. jam. Yeah. yeah, and gracious guy, man. He played my uh, played my brother-in-law's parents' funeral. That's right. And yeah. man, it's one of the greatest shows I've ever heard in my That's life. That's incredible, man. yeah. And the guy. So was there a jazz scene in Boise? Yeah, there was a jazz. And there scene. must have been if he lived here. There, there must have been something. There was a, you know, it's interesting. Boise uh, was a place where it had a lot of people from everywhere that came in there. Um, it's the capital city, and uh, but there was there's there's bunch there's like folk artists that lean jazz, like Rosalie Sorrells. Mm -hmm. I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, and then there was uh, there were big bands in town too, hmm. big bands, uh, regular like Basie Ellington to Lawrence Wilk. Right, it was a big music town. I yeah. mean, so I, it was a pretty regular stop for most. Man, yeah. yeah. And so there's just so much so much talent and so many venues, and the music fans, they liked all kinds of music, and there were a lot of great jazz guys that came out of Boise. And I think, you know, when you get a witness the communication of Gene Harris. Right, right. I mean, man, that's a huge, I mean, that's a world class. Yeah, totally world you know, class, yeah. I mean, he's playing, yeah. he's playing performing arts centers for sure. 4,000, 5,000 people yeah. at a pop, yeah. you know. Sure. So when you get a witness a cat like that and, and all the older guys, that played with him in town. I mean, there were guys that were good enough to play with Gene Harris. Must have been. Yeah. Well, wasn't the three sounds from Boise? I don't know where they yeah, were from. I think they may have been. I don't yeah. know. I know Paul Revere, you know. Oh, right, yeah. right. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. he's he's yeah. another guy. So I used to see him. He'd come to town. He'd right. rock, man. That's a wow. rock band. Yeah, that's you what know? I've heard. I mean, they come yeah. to town, and, man, that is a rock and roll show, man. I'm here with John Nemeth from, and we're in Idaho right now, and we are uh, talking about John's roots in 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 Idaho and how he moved on to other places like uh, the Bay Area and then eventually Memphis. Mm -hmm. And um, did you live in in Portland for a minute? No, you didn't. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. Because I remember you were working. Rick Walter was another guy that I remember. Yeah, told me about you early mm -hmm. on. After we'd already met, but he was... He came up from Salt Lake City right. and moved to Boise. And moved to Boise, I think, to work with yeah, you. Yeah, work with yeah, me, yeah. Right, right. And uh, and I toured with Junior Watson. Right. Now, uh, were you already touring with Junior yeah. when you met Rick? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now, how did you meet Junior? Um, there was a cat named Scott Cable. Oh, that's right. And, right. And he it, was another big fan of yours. Yeah. He, he was living in Boise, working. Right. And... Uh, Anyways, he heard that Junior was going to be passing through Boise. And so, man, I worked every night of the week. I could just open the show for him. Right. You know, and I know my fans would love it. Right. So, so I did that and opened the show for him. And I had just written a song, and I put it on a CD. Back of Fat John and the Three Slims right. era. And, uh, and Watson loved that tune. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, when I got off the stage, he asked me like, "Hey, who wrote that song?" You know, I said, oh, "I wrote that tune," and and, uh, and I think, man, that shit just clicked like that. I got right. up on stage, started singing with him. Then it's like, "Hey, man, let's go out on tour." You know, let's right. go around, let's go around the country. So, did he help book you, or did Molyneux? Molyneux was booking. Molyneux the show. was booking. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. It so was fantastic. And you guys started working nationally, and then eventually you got to Europe. And yeah, yeah. Junior yeah. was going over there, you know, mm-hmm. so I was going over there with him. And then, uh, and then, uh, and I moved to the Bay Area. Right. Yeah. And then, um, which is cool because everybody knew Junior in the right. Bay Area. Right. So by me moving to the Bay Area, I moved there because my, my, my uh, fiance was moving. Right. Down there. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going with him. And, uh, now, did she get a job down there or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I thought I was going to, uh, I mean, I thought, it was just, you know, I'm going to have to find a job. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the next thing I know, I got lucky. There was all these really great guitar players that wanted right. to have singers on their shows. Right. So I moved down to the Bay Area, and boom, I'm, like, gigging. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was the I remember, sweetest... Yeah. Yeah. You know, what a relief, you know, because, man, yeah. I, I'm not cut out for anything else. <laughs> and then you, got, then you got to deal with Blind Pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, you were spreading the word. Right. Yeah. You know, a lot of people yeah. were picking up on on what was going on. Blind Pig picked up what was going on yeah. and, and signed me up. And, man, those guys got my name out there and got me everywhere. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I had Junior... On that first Blind Pig record, and Anson Thunderbird produced. Now, was that it. the first or the second? That was the second album with Junior. Okay, that's the yeah. one Anson produced. Yeah, uh-huh. okay, that's the one for right. Blind Pig, which is a great record. Yeah. West that's Star right. plays now, that's drums one of my on favorite, it. Yeah, one of my favorite records Whoa. of yours. Yeah, man, really cool. And you had some records I remember prior to that with yeah. Junior, and I mm-hmm. don't remember what label those were on. I put one out myself. Right. Uh, I Which found is out, also a really good record. I found out about this thing called, that's when CD Baby first started. Right. And it started over in Portland. Oh, did and it? So, like, really? I found yeah. out about CD Baby, like, right in the very beginning yeah. of it. Good time. And so I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to cut a record. Because Watson, right. Watson was saying, man, you should cut a record, but you should cut a record with the band when we get off the road. Right. You know, we've been playing. And so I took his advice, got off the road, cut a record, and uh, and then I put it out on CD, Baby Man. And now, did you do that in the Bay or in I did that in the LA. Bay. Okay. Yeah, we All recorded right. in some place in Richmond. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And uh, I think the guy was a, he might have been in that swing scene. Huh. Vance okay. Ellers was on the album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. guy. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that Come and Get It record. I mean that did great, and and that got on Pandora or in in the Bay Area, right? And Blind Pig saw that that was like it was getting like real big radio play right. for an unknown blues right artist, yeah. And uh, she belongs to me was the cut off right. that off that album, man. right? And that, and that thing got I think circulated yeah. and yeah, man, it's been good. I mean the music's been very good to me, yeah. And then you got again. signed up with Intrepid, I remember. Yeah. That's really, was a big shot in the arm. That was a huge, that was a huge yeah. help. Yeah, because those, those guys are, they'll book you everywhere, man. They've got connections, you know, and and, and uh, they got a lot of people working that agency. Yeah. It's a good they one, do. man. Yeah. Yep. The other thing I remember was when, when Sam got sick and you ended up uh, working with Anson. That for was a great, man. Yeah. Those are yeah, some I, of best you, ever. I remember seeing you down in, in at the King Biscuit that time. Oh and man, you were real excited. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah, I yeah. think the I think the I think uh, it wasn't too long before that I played in Greenville, Mississippi, right. at the Delta Blues Festival. Right, right. Yeah. Now so, was that with Anson? It was with Anson. Yeah. yeah. And uh, man, the audience, man, the best blues audience in the world. Uh, Greenville, Mississippi, man. I yeah. mean, those those people, blues is their communication. Oh, yeah. Blues is their yeah. religion, yeah. man. It's deep roots in those deep places. roots, man. And yeah. they, and man, they loved it, man. And the 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 support I got from the audience, man, gave me a tremendous amount of confidence. Right. As a vocalist, right. It was a it's definitely a game changer for me. Yeah. So was that? Would you say, in a way, that was kind of what planted the seed for moving to Memphis? Uh, I didn't. I didn't move to Memphis until 
years, maybe five or six years later. Right. And um, I had had a song that was doing well, like a soul tune. Uh-huh. And called uh, Said Too Much. Mm-hmm. And that one was doing really, really well. And uh, some of these cats picked up on it. This guy, Scott Bomar. Mm-hmm. In Memphis, a producer, and um, and he also plays bass. Plays he? bass, great yeah. bass player. Right. And so uh, he produced a record for me, and uh, and uh, I wasn't planning on moving to Memphis, but I was hanging out there a little bit more than usual. Mm-hmm. And I was driving around the town. I was like, man, this is a cool town, man. You know, a lot going on, a lot of cool neighborhoods cool culture and all that and uh so i was hanging out with him checking out the town and i was coming back to make the record and uh and my wife hadn't been seeing me very much and we had a, we had our first kid right so i was on tour all the time and so i said well let's move somewhere else you know somewhere more centralized in the country right I can work out of there and uh, she asked me where, and I said, well, Memphis is a great town, yes, and I'm going to cut a record there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we moved, we, we picked up and flew out there, checked out Memphis, came back with the, I'm in a yes. Now, did you just do one trip out there with her? Yeah, just one trip out really? there. Really? She loved the town, yeah. I was going to say, because, I mean, that's like one of those things that we, we've talked about moving, mm-hmm. me and my wife, mm-hmm. and, and, and friends of mine have told me, oh, man, if you move somewhere, you got to go out there at least, like, Three or four times, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. just because yeah. it's like, do you really get a feel? But it sounds like because you had already had the experience of recording there, you already kind of had a jump on it. I hadn't even made the record yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, but I like I liked the town. I brought her out, and she really liked the town. And uh, the weather weather's pretty good, man. And... Uh, which and, is amazing to me because it seems yeah. like it would be humid as hell. And the crime's a lot better than Oakland. Yeah. That's where we're living. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything's, a, anything's a real step up from there. And, yeah. and we were trying to buy a house in Oakland, but man, you know, Prices, every, every yeah. time you went to try to buy something, man, yeah. somebody comes in with 400 extra thousand dollars. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it was a bidding war at that point. And yeah. so it's like, okay, well, yeah. you know, to move to Memphis have a sweet life, no traffic, you know, a lot of great talent, great studios. Right. And uh, so I moved out there, and I mean, I moved out there in like, literally like a day later. Wow. I went and cut the record. Wow. I, dr- I drove a, Jeez. I drove a, a, one of those huge, uh, you know, U-Haul box right, trucks. Right, right, right. It broke right. down. Oh, it man. It broke down to Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, man. Unloaded the, unloaded it. And I loaded it on a different one. God almighty. Yeah. And they sent a couple of dudes to help, but man, they weren't a help. Unbelievable. And, and I drove out there dog tired and, you know, just even barely a day to get my thoughts together. Went into the studio, but but working with, man, I, I got to work with this Howard Grimes. Who's right. I mean, you're talking like famous drummer. Yeah, to, yeah, you know, hanging with Gene Harris, you know, mm-hmm. hearing Gene Harris, you know, uh, play the piano, hearing Howard Grimes play the piano. The drums, you mean, yeah. The drums, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, what that guy brings out of you that you don't even know you have in you. Right. Um, it was absolutely a game changer for yeah. me. Yeah. Did you get to be pretty good friends with him? Yeah, we went on a coast-to-coast tour. Oh, that's awesome, man. He left Memphis. That's great. I mean, he hadn't been on the road since he uh, backed up Paul Revere and the Raiders on the Tammy show. Oh, right, right. I remember (laughs) hearing about that. Wes was telling me that story. Yeah. So, isn't that crazy? So, he goes out, man. He goes out on tour, man. And, and, uh, and he's the guy on all the Al Green, yeah. and Ovi Wright, Ovi Wright records, yeah. and Peebles, yeah, a lot of Sill Johnson, all the, all the high record stuff, yeah, yeah. man. That was yeah. a William Bell records, right. Sam and Dave, that's amazing, man. everybody, man, yeah. And Him and Al Jackson are probably the two yeah, most yeah. famous cats from Memphis. Yeah. And when you think about what he's soaked up as as a drummer playing behind vocalists, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you get a, you get your job because you make people sound good. Right, right. 
That's you right. Yeah. I mean, man, he and yeah. man, he made me sound like a million bucks. Sure did. I love that guy, man. That's uh, sorry he had to pass away, but uh, he played like an animal till the day he died. Too, wow, man. that's yeah. something. Gave it his all. That's amazing. I think he might have been seventy-five or something like really? that when when wow. we recorded together. Crazy, man. Those are tough that's grooves, crazy. man. Yeah. So, what what was the name of that album? Memphis Grease. Okay. Yeah. So was that was the Love Light? What was it called the Love Light mm -hmm. All Stars? Was that with him or not? No, that's with Earl Lowe. Oh, okay. Earl All Lowe. Right. Earl Lowe was a teenager, and he got the gig with Bobby Blue Bland. Wow. Yeah, boy, that's the heavy swinging, duty, swinging man. Yeah. I mean, that guy make you sound good. Was that when Bobby had two drummers? He had two drummers. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, man, amazing that the. You know, uh, working with uh, you know working with these different drummers, man. You know, there's a different phrasing, singing. You know, you can do with each guy, man. I mean, you can play off a drummer, and uh, and they have so much fun. I love drummers like West Star working with West oh, yeah. Star. I mean, West is the best. He man. is so much fun, man. Yeah, he's so much fun. And uh, and you really feel it when you play with the, the uh, drummers. Yeah, you man. go. Wait a minute. Yeah. Something's not quite there. Oh, man, have I been spoiled. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember oh, I, when I heard, uh, I remember, you know, I kind of got to know Wes a little better mm -hmm. when when you were playing with Anson. Mm -hmm. I remember just being so knocked out with his drumming on that on that day, you know. <sighs> man. Just listening to him. And, I mean, I've always loved Wes's yeah. drumming. Yeah. Since that first Sam and Anson record, yeah. it was like I just went... This dude is something special. Yeah. He can play for one person or yeah. like a hundred thousand right. people. And it's right? like he'll make it work no matter what. Oh, man. You can put him in all these different yeah. situations. And that's really the mark of a great drummer. Man, yeah. Is somebody that you can put him in in a lounge job and then yeah. you can put him on a concert stage yeah. and they're gonna be like able yeah. to adapt to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like he was playing for like eight million people. Yeah. On my album, man. Yeah. He's like playing for like, you know, yeah. the huge audience. Man. Oh, he's phenomenal. Amazing yeah. power and yeah. and uh, the stuff you can phrase and this the breaking new ground, you know, the yeah. imagination. The dynamics that he throws. Yeah, into you it. can go yeah. places yeah. you can go places with guys like Wes and Howard and Earl and Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I've loved every drummer I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. Man. Uh man, the first when I first started my band, it was hard to find a blues drummer in Boise, Idaho. I bet <laughs> I bet it was, yeah. Man, especially yeah. when you're a kid. Yeah. And all you know is kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's really they're not thinking on those same lines. No. Yeah. No. And when they play, when they played, you know, shuffles. You know, they did their they did it their way. You know, yeah. it was cool. It was hip. I I, yeah. I liked it. You know, yeah. It always kept the dance floor full. That was the that's right. what I love about blues, man. It's dance music. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. You know, yep, that's true. So, um, so the Memphis thing happened. What year? What year was it? You moved there. The Memphis, yeah, twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Okay, yeah. and by then you'd already won some blues awards, as yeah. I recall. Yeah, you'd won what two blues awards? I think that was just as I was moving there. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So I mean, do you feel like living in Memphis has been kind of a help in terms of the the, the blues foundation? Man, they've always been cool. You know how they? Yeah, yeah. Um, Since you kind of started, it seems like yeah, with, with Blind Pig, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. from day one, uh, they've been recognizing my music, yeah, and um, that's kind of a rarity, you know, for West Coast people. Oh yeah, yeah. West Coast people tend not to get recognized the same way. Uh -huh. The the Memphis and the and the Northeast seem to have in Chicago. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe they figure you got it too easy out here, man. Y'all living in sunny California. I think that's yeah. how they. Look. I think that's how they. And look nice weather, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. man. Napa yeah. Valley. You guys are too mellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all got to complain about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't got no blues out there. 
The funny Maybe. thing is, I think we do. I mean, oh, I think California has one of the best blues scenes. Oh man, dude. anywhere we got yeah. blues towns, man. Oakland yeah. is a blues town. Oakland is totally a blues. Man, town. Yeah. some of the, I mean, you know, some of the great players, man, came out of there. You know, unfortunately, most of them had passed by the time I got there. But yeah, um, you had great people out of but there. But the but the residuals, little Johnny Taylor, yeah, and, yeah. 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 Lowell Folson. Lowell Folson, yeah. You know, Cracklin, all yeah, kinds man. of people. Yeah. Bob Geddens. Right? Man, what a songwriter. Oh, yeah. Damn, you know. And I he mean, recorded a lot of great stuff. Man, man, you got one of the greatest blues songwriters in the history. I mean, yeah. you got a guy from Oakland that people in Chicago are cutting his Right, tunes, exactly. You know? And that's what a lot of people don't realize about the West Coast thing, yeah. is that in a lot of ways, the West Coast thing was as influential to the Chicago guys Oh, yeah. As as people think of Chicago being influential out here, yeah. it was just it was definitely the reverse back there because they were all trying to be Lowell and 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 McCracklin and mm -hmm. T Bone and mm -hmm. they were way into that BB. Yeah. You know, it's great music. Yeah, great, great, yeah. great music, man. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of people don't know that. And there's the whole East Bay Grease scene, you know, before Tower of Power, right? You know, right. all those killers. Sly Stone. Yeah, those kids, yeah. like those Southern Soul bands with their horns, you know, right. and that sound coming into Oakland. Johnny Talbot. Yeah. Yep. And then that stuff taking off, and then, and then going out to the, you know, you get the San Francisco put on your music, right? You move to San Francisco, right. man, and, right. and the whole vibe and feeling of the Bay Area. Chambers it Brothers. You. It, cha it changes yep. how you do things. Yep. And, and the blues scene in the Bay Area, man, I mean, you know, when I moved down there, I knew there was some good players down there, but I didn't realize there was thousands and thousands and thousands of blues players in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's it's very underrated yeah. considering who you have there and the, the level of talent. Because a yeah. lot of players in the Bay, if they move to, say, Des Moines, Iowa, or mm -hmm. or or Topeka, Kansas, they'd be king shit there. Yeah, you, you know can, what I mean. You can make you can make a living playing a shuffle in the Bay Area. Yeah, Isn't that weird? <laughs> that's bizarre. Man. That's true. Yeah, still today, it's really true. There's cats out yeah. there that man, that's what they do, man. They yeah. play a shuffle, man, and they yeah. work all those clubs yeah. up and down the as Bay as much as they want, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. There's a lot of clubs yeah. out there, and that was great when I moved out there because. I got to play with a bunch of different cats. I got to work with uh, Mike Shermer. Right. Kid Anderson. Yep. And... Uh, um, uh, Bob played with you for a long Bob, time. Bob. Yep. Bob played with me for a long time. Bob I Welsh. Love, I yeah. love Bob Welsh. Man, he played on... Uh, toured with me. Played on a couple of my albums. He played bass, too. Right, right. I've used him on bass before. Yeah, and I used Kid on bass. Right. Kid's a great bass There's a great man. bootleg out there. Some dude yeah, he's in Germany decides yeah. he's going to record the band that I'm taking yeah. to Europe. He releases the record in Europe. Wow. You know, doesn't want to pay me any money. Incredible. And then he puts it on YouTube for free. Jeez. So check it out. Enjoy it, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's my gift to you, you know. Uh, you can send donations to John Nemeth through PayPal. <laughs> yeah, John John Nemeth live in uh, right. Radingen, Germany. Right. But I got Junior on the record, Wes Star is right. on Wes it. Wes is on it, yeah. And Kid Anderson's playing bass. Right. Right. And That's when um, kid was still drinking. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Wes was still drinking. Yeah, man. And that wasn't a good influence either. No, probably not. No. Probably not. They no. <laughs> <laughs> were some real fun music, man. Yeah. Junior was drinking. Yeah, that's Everyone's true. Everyone's drinking. We're a drinking Everybody's. band. Drinking and smoking. And you guys were a drinking smoking band. Smoking cigarettes. I've heard stories. Yeah, pop, yeah. man. Yeah. All that, yeah. I think I think Vance was on some of your tours. Vance was on some Vance of his tours. West, yeah. Those are great, yeah. man. Those are great yeah. tours. Great music. And uh, Vance Ehlers. Vance Ehlers, man, what a great you know the. I I've been so fortunate. I mean, I think I'm one of the luckiest guys. You know, and you too, man. You think about oh, I have been, yeah. No, you I've you been think super about lucky, you yeah. know the talent that you get oh, yeah. to play with. You know, I've been kind of the the blues high school in the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know, man, and I've always I've always loved uh, uh, the energy of uh, 
of young musicians and uh yeah um I mean, people think I use young musicians because they're cheap. I don't. I pay them just as good as the old guys. Right. But I just like, I like the Well, there's a, like there's the a certain drive. Yeah. I think there's a drive that sometimes kind of diminishes when guys have been on the road too long. They start getting bitchy. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and just, they don't have quite the, there's something about hungry young players wanting yeah. to go out on the road. Because yeah. it's an adventure to them. It's a new thing. Yeah, it's a new thing. You know, you've been doing it long enough. You probably yeah. feel what the grind is by now a little bit. Yeah, one yeah. too when you're young yeah. and you're yeah. not married, man. You're yeah. you know, regionally developing. It's, you know. Yeah, it's a lot easier to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier to really want to go out there. Yeah, I mean, man. You know, I, I'm sure. You know, you're probably like me in the sense that you 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 are still okay with the road. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and cool I know with I it, am man. Too. I, yeah. I, I like it. Why can't yeah. you get your fans out there? So you go out yeah. on the road, you know, and you see your fans, and yeah, and they've been your fans forever. You know, you got fans from the first time you played in a place, and then you keep you you, you get more and more fans, and and uh, man, it's great. You know, I mean, and, and it's I like really a family. Picked, I really picked up on that on the last tour that we did together. Just the effort that you put into when you talk to people, you don't, I mean, I know for myself, and this is mm -hmm. just speaking for me, I tend to get in this thing about, like, move along, you know, the John, uh -huh. John Mayall kind of, uh -huh, yeah, yeah. you know, move along, okay, next person, mm -hmm. but you, you will really devote yourself to the fans. I like them. Yeah. You really sit there and listen to what they got to say and, yeah. and 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 kind of do a real interactive conversation. Yeah. It really impressed me oh. that you do that. See, because, that's just a natural thing. I well, I'm just saying it's a it's an unusual thing in show mm -hmm. business. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I know, like people have always told me, it's like, hey, you know, you know, cut it off. Let's go. Let's get out of here. The band's always like, let's right. go. Right. See, and Anson's like that too. Mm -hmm. Anson's the same way. He'll yeah. sit and talk. Yeah, you throw them out of oh, the yeah. club. Oh yeah, I'll sign every yeah. single record yeah. until the last record yeah. signed. I'll talk to everybody. You know, he told me a great line that that Delbert told him. He said, he said, yeah, I won this. I won this this position that I'm in one fan at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a great way of putting it, man. Yeah, it is. It's like, you know, that's really what it takes. It takes yeah. that kind of, you know, wanting to connect with people. Yeah, because yeah. if you don't. It's kind of people feel it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I feel lucky. I and and I think you know when this jaw thing had to come off, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, there's no way my insurance company is not going to cover this. There's no way I'm going to pay for it. You know, I've got a wife that stays home with the kids. I've got two kids. You know, I've got overhead. You know, from from my touring. Yeah. You know, um, and did this happen while COVID was happening? Let's see here. Yeah, this happened while COVID was yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. So So it hit you at a really rough time in terms yeah, of Yeah, things were already yeah. bad. Yeah. And and yeah. so uh but you know, and my neighbor my neighbor said, you know, I mean, you know, John's got fans everywhere, you know. Yeah. People do GoFundMe's and things like that. Do a GoFundMe and see if you can you see if you can raise the money to pay for this and and uh we put it out there, you know, and I mean, I, you know, I wasn't expecting anything, man, but, it, yeah. but, but, you know, my fans, man, they anted up and. What was your, what were your signs that something was wrong? Well, um, I went to the dentist cause I went hunting and, uh, got some, uh, got some bullet in, in the, the deer burger and pulled out a filling. I bit it. Pulled out a filling. I went down to the dentist, and they had a brand new X-ray machine, one of those panoramic style. Right. So they did a panoramic, and they found a tumor in my jaw. And there was, I it, it happened so slowly that I didn't really realize that I had a couple of teeth that were moving, but nothing that was crazy. Mm -hmm. It was all down here. The jaw is just down here. We started pushing things around. Anyways, yeah, they found that tumor, and and the doctor was like, "Don't mess around with this. Don't wait on it. You know, uh, you got to. You have. To, this has to be taken care of immediately. You know, and uh, it's at a stage where, you know, it could take off, and 
you know, it might kill you. And so I'm like, okay, what do I do? So he, so he, he, he booked, he booked a biopsy right away. And, uh, and then that dentist did the biopsy. Uh, he happened to be at a, uh, conference in Houston and hear a guy talk about a new way of doing this. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, man, you, they'd take that out and they'd put like a plate, steel plate now, in there. Now, what is this called exactly? Oh, man, it's it's a jaw reconstruction. Yeah, but I mean, what was the tumor? What was the tumor? Man. They found out it this wasn't one cancerous. Wasn't cancerous. Right. Yeah, but it, it, they can turn. They can flip cancerous yeah. on, on you. Um, anyway, it's just fortunate this dentist happened to go to this conference, hear this guy talk about it, and he came back and he saw me and he said, hey man, you have to do it this way. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not gonna do anything you're doing right now anymore if you don't do it like this. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So, yeah. Lucky, lucky. So lucky. it could have affected your both your voice and your harmonica playing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Could I mean, because I, mean, I could have a voice box, but if you don't have your the rest of your shit to, no. to shape it, no. you know, and your yeah. tongue's all fucked up. Right. You know, and... All that's uh, the apparatus that supports your yeah. voice and your yeah. heart playing, yeah. And then boom, and man, we did the surgery, and I mean, two months after the surgery, I'm in Romania doing a show. It was some work because I had to get used to it, but I could yeah. still do it. Yeah. And in some ways, I mean... A lot of the harp players I liked growing up, man, a lot of those guys, you could tell they didn't have all their teeth anyways. Right, right, yeah. You know? Yeah, true, yeah. And so, you know, you spend your whole life trying to trying to get that sound. Right. All of a sudden, you ain't got teeth. And it's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. I don't need to have those teeth knocked yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's wild how uh, I'm not having those teeth I'm playing the, but the way I play harmonica, I don't need my lip anyways. Uh huh. And so I'm lucky that my style of playing harp really has made a lot of this reentry. You're saying back. because of because of tongue blocking. Yeah, I what? curl my okay. tongue. You oh, you're I a tongue curl. Curl my you're tongue. You're a tongue curler. That's use it as a straw. Very unusual. Yeah. Yeah. And Gordon I, Buffalo did that. Too. I, yeah, I started doing that because I was trying to figure out. How like Junior Wells and Little Walter were getting this like slapping effect on the harmonica. Right. So you can do that? Yeah. With U blocking? Yeah. Wow, what a trip. So I figured out how to do that. Like take yeah. that U block and I pull it back. Now do you think Junior did that too? No, I, I don't know what he did. I heard Lil Walter did that. Though. Yeah, you mentioned that too. Yeah, yeah, I did hear that. And I I, I uh I don't know, but I, I learned to do it like that because I was just trying, I thought, man, that's a really cool sound, and it's really percussive, yeah. you know, and uh, it's a big part of the style, so. Yeah, it is. So, so yeah, I had Absolutely. to get that. I mean, yeah. I mean, otherwise, it was just like, I was playing the U, the U block thing, that's what they call it. Yeah. And uh, um, I was playing like that, but, you know, it sounded like the groove was cool, but, you know, it's just a... Uh, it's like that slap of the tongue's almost like a a, a distortion that you can use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it dirties up the it definitely does the disturbance in the air, man, and makes right. it cooler on the ears. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, I've been a tongue blocker pretty much most of my harmonica playing days, and it's like for me, it's like that's really what the tone is about mm -hmm. is that thing of having your tongue on the harp. Yeah, you know, makes it. Just expands the tone. Yeah. So there's a lot to be said about this part of the mouth mm -hmm. being the shape of your sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with without having you know with if you have jaw difficulties, that's like huge. Yeah. Or if you can't even move it. Right. Like if the thing won't even. Right. If you had just a if I had just a steel plate on there, I wouldn't have the mobility. The muscles can't attach to that. So how long did it take thing? to heal? Three or four months for um, the tightness to start to go away. Right, right. It was pretty tight. Right. I think the 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 muscles trying to attach to the new bone on there. Yeah, 
Now, at some point, I, I thought I read in her Facebook that you said you had actual pain that was starting to come in or something. Well, I had some different pain stuff. That, oh, okay. Yeah, I had, uh, I get reactive arthritis. That is so weird. Do you think that's from the medication? No, no. Huh. I think it's from toxins and whatever I'm eating. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think I've built up an allergy. Yeah. I've been gone around the world and tried it all. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a good thing to do. No. I mean, if it, <laughs> you think about it, you change a dog's diet. Yeah. Well, one day it's a mess, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, been around the world. I've tried everything that's weird everywhere, yeah, and yeah. Uh, some of that stuff, man. It'll if you're not used to it, it'll kill you. And I, I'll I be honest with you, man. I couldn't, I couldn't even do it. <laughs> when I, I quit drink, I quit drinking. I quit drinking in 1984, right when I started going on the road heavy. Oh, that's good. Idea. Because I did, because I did about maybe three years where I was still drinking and doing drugs, mm -hmm. and I would go out on short trips, mm -hmm. and just that alone was difficult. Mm. You know, getting up the next day and getting in the van and and not being hungover. And I think the other thing yeah. was being a band leader for me made me feel like responsible for being a certain kind of person to the rest of the band. Man. You know, I don't know if you You're ever the designated felt that. driver. Yeah, I mean, you know, just in the sense of that if I was fucking up, that was going to let give them an invitation to. Yeah. You know. Oh man, I yeah. mean I was I grew up with a still in my house. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I had a different set of rules. You yeah, know? we yeah, lived in yeah. Idaho. Yeah, I know. I, know I mean, were, man, it was a different yeah, world out here. Yeah. California had moved in. There weren't like all these other rules and stuff. You know, we. You guys were wild. We out had the here. whole place to ourselves, yeah, right? Wild, yeah. <laughs> and right. so, it took me a long time to to stop that. But I think it was so. It was that drinking was interjected into my DNA at such a young age sure. yeah. that you know. It was just like having relish on your hot dog or something. Right. Yeah, this is no big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relish has got vinegar in it. Vinegar's got alcohol in it. Right. Yeah. Well, so does this, but yeah. it's just a little more. You know, you're just, your tolerance builds yeah. up over. Oh, right? that's true. Yeah, that's and when true. you get when you get people started on booze at such a young age, and it was no big deal in my family. I mean, right. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I right? mean, my 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 mom, you know, they're. Those are pioneer people, and, yeah. and my dad was an immigrant, and, uh, you know, I mean, no big deal to drink. Right. Drink wine, you know, drink hard liquor. Sounds like my, my, my in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I mean, yeah. they were from Minnesota, and they were, like, just really hardcore, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere, and you get cold as uh, hell yeah. winters. And you got to be a strong person to survive. Yeah, a strong person to survive. You know, most it. people that live in that atmosphere, mm -hmm. they drink. Yeah, they drink to get through the damn winter. Man, it's true. You know? It's yeah. true, man. Yeah. And so, but when I started going out on the road, you know, it wasn't no big deal. And you, you put that in your hospitality rider. Right. You know, that's exactly. my bottle. Yeah. Yeah. I get my bottle every night, every time right. I go to. Right. You know. Yeah. And. Um, I mean, and you're in the, you know, you're in the business of moving liquor. Right. True. You know, if you're not moving True. liquor, you know, yeah. the bar's not happy. Right. I mean, you can sell tickets, but man, if you're not moving liquor. That's something I always worry about. You know, I've mm -hmm. been sober for my whole career and it's like, I mean, I always wonder, you know, being sober, does that affect how people decide whether or not to drink or not when they come see you? Mm -hmm. I don't know. To this day, I don't know. I mean, people come and see Charlie Musselwhite, who had the ultimate career, or or James Cotton. Those guys had the ultimate careers of being, you know, drinkers, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and hardcore partiers. Yeah. But, you know, they gave it up, and it seems like their crowd still would show up, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. They would still show up. Yeah, the crowd's going to still show up. Yeah. You, just, you just have to decide whether or not... You're willing to. You're at yeah. a point, right. you know, where right. you're, you're not going to do it anymore. Right, and yeah. that and that's really what it comes down to. Is, yeah. you know, so I mean, I think I think when when you get to that point, you just go, "This is it. I'm done." Yeah. And I know I know people that drank their entire careers. I mean, I worked with Brown and McGee. Brown and McGee gave it up, like you know, in nineteen I want to say nineteen eighty five, right after I did. Cat, man. 
right yeah. after I did, and he drank like a fish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he could put it away. Yeah, and he just one day said, "I'm done." I think when you get out of the routine, I almost yeah. feel like you know being a musician breeds alcoholism. You know. Yeah, because you're. Oh, it does absolutely. You know? And the club owner, man, absolutely. he's sending free drinks up. Sure, to, he wants the band drinking. If the band's yeah. drinking, the crowd's drinking. Well, I always looked at it like you know the the free booze was part of the deal. Yeah, that was what I wasn't getting paid in cash. I was getting exactly. In free booze. Yeah, I'm gonna drink my profit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna right drink here. drink that extra amount yeah. that they're not paying. Yeah. That was really it. And, yeah, and you get to a point where, man, I just can't drink those profits up. You're going to have to pay me some more money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of a good deal. Yeah. Well, let's talk about... Yeah, let's talk, a good deal. Let's talk about the... Uh, well, two things. One, as you said, the GoFundMe thing, you made enough to be able to pay for this whole thing. Yeah, like, man. Like, uh, I won't say what the amount was, or unless you want to, but it was... Yeah, I mean, Pretty I think amazing. We're, we're up close to 200000 That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That you got that in GoFundMe, and then you put the album out, and the album was just, yeah. did wonders for you. The album did great. It's and a great record. The record, the, everybody, the, everybody that made the record, you know, uh, it was interesting. Elvin and, and his band, they came and played Memphis in May, the Beale Street Blues Festival. And... Uh, I was supposed to be having my surgery that weekend, but I was off. Mm -hmm. And so I came down and sat in with the band, sat in with Elvin. We were talking about this surgery and and he and Kid, they came up with the idea, you know, maybe we should probably cut a record with John because it might be the last record he does. Right, right, right. And that's why you named it The Last Time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the last. Time. Maybe the last. Time. <laughs> that's a good point. We didn't yeah, that's know. The, that's from the positive from point the of positive view. From the positive point of view. Yes, maybe the last. Yeah. Time. So we we just got in there, man, and and set up in. I mean, you know, a kid studio is twice as big as this room. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and, and we just all set up in there, man, and just cut the music, pick songs, for, you know, as we went along, and and cut the tunes and uh, the band. It was, you know, I mean. Willie Jordan. And, you had Willie singing yeah, with you. You Bob had Al Walsh, Alabama Mike. Alabama Mike singing with yep. me. Kids singing harmonies. Elvin. Right. And Elvin, to me, just plays some of the greatest guitar on that record I've heard him play in ages. He's amazing, man. He plays really great on that record. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, the energy behind that album is um, it's pretty impressive, you know. I think just to even be in a moment in time with somebody that's even going to be in that situation. Right. You know, uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to, for, for them to be in that situation, you know, how bizarre and peculiar, you know, yeah. a, a situation to be in. Yeah. And, uh, man, everybody's just, man, we're just bringing it, man. And, and, it, and it comes out on tape, right? It really does, yeah. You know, it really does. You know, yeah. it's a group of guys in a room. And, yeah. And kid, Kid's engineering. He's amazing, man, He's yeah. really probably one of the greatest. Yeah, he's one, of the, he's one of the best I've ever worked with, and I've worked yeah. with a number of them. Yeah. But I have to say Kid is, is he's definitely by far the both, both metic, most meticulous mm -hmm. and fastest. There's yeah. nobody else I've ever worked with that it was as quick at you know finding stuff yeah right away and getting it done yeah it's amazing i think that's that whole live thing about blues yeah. you yeah. know when you perform like blues is a performance art and uh and so when you're working in probably you know he's an engineer he's working with guys he just has to press the press the record button when maybe some of the guys aren't even knowing they're being recorded, you know? Right. Like, Boom, I'm good. Did you get that? Yeah, man, I got it all. It's like, oh, he does. It's like, yeah. well, just hit, we're ready to go. It's like, man, I already got it. Let's right. go to the next yeah, tune. That's, that's <laughs> is, yeah. He really is like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's a great cat to work with, man. Yeah. I always love working yeah. with kid. And I, I cut records in that studio. I remember when Blind Pig was, they were frightened of how I was spending their money. You know, because I decided to go down and cut a record. Right. Like, down there with Kid in his house. You know, yeah. Instead of going to a fancy studio somewhere. Right. You know, That's what they're used to. Using yeah. the guys they know are putting out the... Putting you don't the even want to bring them in there either. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And I remember Ed coming down, yeah. you know, first time he came to a session, 
you know, I wanted to make sure everything was working all right. You know, we were right. blowing his blowing his money, right? right. You know. And uh, he came down, man, he was, man, the moment kid hit the space bar on his little computer, man, and those little tiny speakers he had and the sound that came out, man, Ed was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is great. Yeah. This yeah. is great, man. No, he's, he's yeah. got the, he's got the proof in the pudding, man. He's got the proof in the pudding. He loves no the music, man. You know, yeah. that's what no, it's all about. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. you know, it, it. It doesn't stand the test of time unless there's the love that's in it, right? Yeah. And he loves that. He loves it, man. And he, he gives it to every artist that he works with. And he's done a great job on your albums. Well, the yeah, Kid's done an amazing job on mm -hmm. my albums, yeah. I love working with him. Yeah, yeah. We, we just did something with Junior um, a couple weeks back. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Junior. Yeah, I love yeah, Junior. With Junior man. and Kadar and, oh, and Wes. That's yeah. a great band. Yeah. Really that's great a great band. band. Yeah. Man. Well, we better wrap it up here. So thank you, John. Thank it you, Mark. It was a pleasure. Good talking. Great hearing you, your story, man.